Two days ago, I saw a vehicle that had hauled that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. minute where we scout out the landscape of Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about minute 15, which begins with the oil pump in the compound doing its thing. It ends with Max looking for where the refined fuel is being stored. And guys, it's Friday, which means we got a set of fresh eyes. In this case, two sets of fresh eyes in the form of Crystal Beth and John Robert Wilson. Yeah! Yeah! That's us! Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks for asking us on. You're like mini celebrities in the uh, podcasting world. Mini celebrities. Okay, let me do a quick explanation. Mini celebrities because (laughs) podcasting is a niche hobby. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll give you that. If everybody knew what podcasting was, they would be big celebrities. And it's because we're super skinny. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like hard to be a big celebrity when you're so physically fit and attractive. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to go puke right now. <laughs> uh, this, this is, is also our first guesting on a Movies by Minutes podcast with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when people hear Crystal Beth on other people's podcasts, she's solo. But I have been listening to The Fifth Element so much. <gasps> That I just could not imagine splitting up the team. Oh, thanks. That's really so, nice of you. <laughs> yeah. So I insisted on John Robert being here. He did yeah. insist. It was annoying. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I love doing things by myself. I know. She always has to like go into the next room and do her podcast when she guests on other shows. And I have to like, we have a window on our door and I just stand at the window pawing at it gently as she... <laughs> As her fame builds and as I... And then I pull the shade down while giving him the finger. (laughs) (laughs) But not today. Today we have to sit on the couch and actually love each other for this awesome minute. (laughs) Hopefully you'll be able to keep up that facade for the time that we're recording. (laughs) Luckily... (laughs) Podcasts are in audio format. It really doesn't matter what you look like, so... (laughs) Thank God. When you're podcasting, nobody knows you're not wearing pants. That's That's the best. Yeah. For all you guys know, we're decked out in full-on leather and mohawks and chaps right now, and you would have no idea. You guys cosplay for your podcast? (laughs) I wish. I wish. We would have no idea, but thanks for painting us such a vivid picture. (laughs) I hope you have the buttless chaps with the thong on, with a little uh, loincloth in the back. That's the best costume. Interesting note about chaps. All chaps are assless because if they had asses, they would just be pants. True, true. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. And Rick does have a pair of chaps. Technically, I have two pairs. Um, You just cut the butt out of all your pants and you're like, now they're chaps. (laughs) I wish. No, for the first season that I rode with chaps before I actually had my own, I had a hand-me-down pair that technically came from my mother. So the hips were really generous, but like everything else was a bit more slim. It was was not great. Not (laughs) ideal. Hey so man, you, you wore your, your mom's, mom's chaps? <laughs> <laughs> I like that John and I are on the same exact page. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm not proud, but it was a fact. <laughs> we're free. 
which is my favorite price. Yes. So as I mentioned, you guys have been recording The Fifth Element for like, how long has it been now? Since December this Eight last months? year. Yeah. Eight months, I think. You guys are about ready to pop on that thing. Going to have a little Lilu Dallas popping out of a reconstruction chamber soon. Because <laughs> that's how podcasts <laughs> that's work. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think we have 25 minutes left. It's crazy because I feel like you've become such a staple in my in my podcast. Okay, Rick, shut up. Don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's we, we're already brainstorming on what else uh, what we could do. And then we're, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, we're getting married in November. So we're <laughs> giving ourselves a, a nice little lull between this, our fifth element, element podcast and whatever we wanted to do next. We wanted to do Starship Troopers, but one of our friends already started that podcast and it, we've already listened to it and it sounds great. So yeah. And we to... wanted to do Galaxy Quest, but someone spooped that up too. Yeah, so I was so... like, oh, we have to do stif- no movies, no more yeah. movies by minutes. We won't do franchises. No, sir. No, ma'am. It's a tricky business. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking to Brad Mull from the Lost World Minute, he actually straight up told us, hey guys, I wanted to do Mad Max to get into the podcasting game. And then out of nowhere, we swoop in a couple of Yanks, a couple of Yankee types up from America, stealing this classic American... classic Australian movie right from underneath him and I felt a little bad and it's like you know what I don't feel bad because Harry got Potter got swiped from under us yeah we were sitting on our hands we were like oh we, we should thought do about it too much oh. we, we thought about it for like weeks we're like oh we should do this yep. that would be a lot of fun and then not did we didn't do anything about it mm-hmm. and then Harry Potter minute started so yeah oh. hey it's fair it's fair yeah you gotta jump on it like the second genre like we were talking and we said, oh, the fifth element. It. And at that very second, both of us drunkly got on our phones and I got the Twitter and he Is brought it? the That's domain. Smart. Yeah. If you can lock down the Twitter, I feel like you're fine. Yeah. It's, it's hard, though, because someone else could have done the fifth element minute, but we spell it differently. So we wouldn't even know. If someone did start the fifth element minute that's such that's such a mouthful though it doesn't have a good mouth feel yeah it not at all it's all about feeling good in the mouth like i love the alliteration (laughs) of the mad max (laughs) it just just rolls around on the tongue so we're grown-ups it's a a good thing this uh, this is an unexplicit podcast though oh the innuendos are really killing me right now (laughs) now aside from the fifth element you guys are also involved with the unlimited lives radio Radio podcast is that what it's called? Yes, That's it is. right. Nice. So, what's that all about? Uh, it's a podcast about video games. We have a group of friends, then we're all really avid gamers, and we get together. And there's a community that listens to us and watches us, and uh, you know, talk about all the new games coming up, obscure game news, and we do uh, stupid bits during the show too, because you know, <laughs> all, we're, it's all people that we've uh, you know done stand up or improv with uh, here in New York City. So it's yeah. a really fun time. It's a part of a larger podcasting network called cave comedy radio yeah last podcast on the left is a part of it so that's right. the one of the more famous ones yeah but so yeah we uh the people that are doing starship troopers minute that we talked about are actually from the unlimited lives community like they found out about movies by minutes through john and i through the podcast so yeah. unlimited lives are now coming into the movies folds. by minutes which is awesome yeah. Nice. Now, Ali, I will admit, I played dumb as I was asking the question, but I actually went back into your catalog of Unlimited Lives, and I found the episode from 2015 where you guys were actually talking about the Mad Max video game, because I yeah. had to make sure that you guys liked it, because oh, yeah. I loved it. Otherwise, we would have had to cancel the recording. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't like the, it. The host of the show, TJ, loves that game, and they had a bit go on for weeks where he was just constantly, Witness me! Witness! <laughs> 
Disney and they had this, these, this big engine revving sound effects in the background. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. The best. Like you do. We were listening to that podcast and I fell asleep. Yeah. For the part <laughs> where you talk about the Mad Max video game because I fall asleep constantly. Okay. So did it actually happen? Who knows? I don't well, know. Julia fell asleep during like a gunfight when we were watching one of the Underworld movies. Yeah. Like, huge, loud action scene, explosions and gunfire everywhere, and she's sitting on the couch dead asleep. Hey, now it, it happens. happens. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I fell asleep during an actual gunfight. <laughs> well, you do live in New York. Right. Oh, gosh. That was in line at a Chipotle. <laughs> Are you sure that was just, are you sure that was gunfire? I mean, it might have been something else. It was Chipotle after all. Ah, fart you know joke. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> now that you're poking holes through my story, I'm going to have to reconsider my memory. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we have fun on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Well, I, I guess I just got here. <laughs> so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this minute, because the first thing that we see in this minute is... Kind of a binocular eyes view as Max is scouting out the compound. Now, we've been kind of teased about this compound earlier in the week. And now that we've finally gotten it, we get to see a couple of its larger features. And the number one resource that I love to refer to, MadMaxMovies.com, they have a little entry about this location. And they say that the compound set was built out at what is called the Pinnacles. It's a series of hills about 20 kilometers or 12 miles for us Americans out uh, side of the hit town of Broken Hill. The Pinnacles are fairly prominent as you drive in towards Broken Hill as they're kind of like the only hills around for like ever. <laughs> <laughs> they built the compound at the base of like the middle Pinnacle, which is the one closest to the road. So obviously build it easy to get their stuff out there in the morning and um, it's that middle pinnacle that max and the gyro captain are perched up on top of now spoiler alert for a movie that i'm assuming all of our listeners have already watched through because why would you watch it minute by minute with us at the end of the movie <laughs> the compound does explode and if you go out to the pinnacles if you try take that 20 kilometer drive out of the town you can kind of see about where the compound was after it was exploded they bulldozed and flattened it out but you can still kind of hey you can the still kind of get a on scar the land. yeah on the yeah. land wow <laughs> that's terrible you got to be a really hardcore <laughs> mad max fan to be like you know let's just take a 20 minute trip out into the desert to see a, a lump where yeah. the, yeah. where the, the, where the <laughs> yeah. facility used to be. That's uh, It's always so interesting when pieces of our planet are defaced for a movie. <laughs> I always wonder that. Like, I, my head, I don't like litter. I don't know anyone that really likes litter, but I really don't like it. And I'll generally pick up litter when I see it. And if I was a PA on this set, I'd be like, we can't leave till it's all picked up. <laughs> so after that explosion, I'd be there for a very long time trying to pick up everything. I'm glad so I didn't interject there because I thought you said glitter, like the crafting <laughs> material. <laughs> uh, no, I love glitter. Because I hate glitter. Glitter <laughs> is a blight on humanity and is the herpes of the crafting yep. world. John hates it too. He will, if we get cards... He uh, on like Christmas or birthdays, he'll feel the envelope, and if it is crunchy or feels like sand inside, <laughs> open it over the. He trash. goes to the garbage <laughs> and he lifts it and opens it with just the tips of his fingers, reads it, and then drops it right in. Good oh, on you, John. That is so smart. <laughs> I love it. I He's like, oh, that's nice garbage. <laughs> 
there was actually a lot of litter involved in this set because unlike other productions where they'll like build facades and kind of make it look like there's stuff there, every single piece of this compound that Max is looking at through his binoculars was built in real life. Wow. The art director, Graham Walker, he used materials from scrapyards and then he also went to abandoned mining operations in the area because there was a lot of mines outside of Broken Hills. And so he went and sourced all of these materials and he and his team built the giant tire wall, the huge tent in the middle of the compound, the tower, all of that is 100% real. Well, it was before they blew it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. such a long, long process to blow up. Yeah. You better get it done right the first time. Oh, it was spectacular, though. So they build the compound out of scrap for the lowest cost uh, to build these places, and they get everyone's uh, outfits from closed down sporting sporting goods stores. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's all for. I mean, it's all it's it's filming on a budget, and it's yeah working great here. Yeah, yeah. They had more of a budget than the first movie, but they still only had two million dollars. Yeah, it's not that much. <laughs> Plus, the whole cobbled together feel it just it adds authenticity to the movie. Uh, can we talk about these guys that are kind of on these like defensive positions on the gate to the facility that are defending off this at- initial attack that Max is witnessing through the binoculars? Um, give me a moment. I'm about to get there. Okay, cool. <laughs> John gets excited. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Rick is very ordered about how he talks about things. Yeah, sure. I'm, Go ahead, I do feel you, Rick. I'm We're not allowed to a, jump ahead. I'm kind of a podcast stoppo that way. No, go for it. So Max is looking through these binoculars, and we've got the gyro captain behind him, and he's continuing his statement from yesterday, where he was tr- up on that hill for four days trying to figure out a way to get in and get the gas. And he comments that day and night, this giant pump in the middle of the compound is going. And after he mentions that it's pumping all the time, he goes back to his tried and true kachunk sound effect. I love it. He used it like five or six times earlier in the week and he uses it another couple times here. Kachunk, kachunk, kachunk. And then he comments that they've got fuel to burn. And John, you mentioned that you've got something about these defenses here. And I think this is a good time to jump in and talk about fuel to burn. Exactly. You can tell they've literally got fuel to burn because they're doing it right in front of Max and the gyro captain. And this is actually not a really effective weapon when you think about it. I mean, the flamethrower that they've made is spewing gasoline, and it gets maybe 15 feet before it's completely all burned up. We really, you know, history didn't really do these guys any favors because we had really much more effective flamethrowers that we just mixed a little bit of a petroleum jelly in with it and made it go way farther and, and stick to things and burn things much faster. Now they're just now they're just proving to us that they're just wasting gasoline. <laughs> I love that you mentioned petroleum jelly because we were talking, I think it was actually last Friday, the idea that there's no chapstick in the post-apocalypse. I would die. No chapstick means no petroleum jelly because they probably ran out because either situation A, everyone was making napalm or situation B, everyone was trying to moisturize. And so they didn't have enough petroleum jelly left over to make napalm. Both situations are viable. Everyone had chapsticks and everyone wanted to make napalm. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, I I am severely critical of the plan of having the flamethrower. And then off to the left side of the frame, there's another guy and he's got a flaming ball on the end of like a rope or chain. And he's swinging it around like some frat guy who got a... (laughs) 
<laughs> hold of a can of gasoline and a basketball. It's like just it's like a bad idea ball, it and he's swinging around ball. and he throws it, and it barely gets past the moat. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude. And you it's know, like, like they took. It's like they took all of the medieval-style melee weapons that they had and just lit them all on fire. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, this works. Let's light it on fire. Yeah. We'll soak it in gasoline. And instead of, like, a mace, it's just, like, a piece of a carburetor with the wires bent out to resemble a mace or a flail. Yeah. 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 It's so funny how you mentioned, like, he looks like a frat guy. He's like, hey, bros, let's go outside. <laughs> Peyton's doing his flaming basketball and a string trick again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that ball, if I was playing with that, I would be so afraid that I would, like, let it go too soon and it would shoot back and land in my house. <laughs> yes! Or it would become detached. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I can appreciate them having, like, arrows and crossbows and whatnot because everybody seems to have arrows and crossbows in this movie, but it's like, you're using the flaming basketball technique, you're using the extremely short-range flamethrower. It's like, hey, why don't you just take all of that gasoline and make, like, Molotov arrows? Yeah! Like, okay. Yeah! Fire arrows! Find an abandoned liquor store. <laughs> Get all the take nips. all of the nips. Yes! <laughs> uh. Just... Tiny little rags in the nips, and you fire the arrow, and it, little, there you go. Little rat Molotov cocktails for Barbie, Barbie and Ken. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, post-apocalyptic survivors. Don't say I never did nothing for you. <laughs> they're they're light for easy packing and storage. Should we start hoarding nips for the apocalypse? Yeah, they're going to be the new currency. One nip is like three pounds of gold. Like every time you drive past the liquor store, stop and buy five. I mean, they can be pretty cheap. Yeah. I mean, like, they've got, like, dollar nips, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they have dollar nips. Dollar seven. No. No, that's not bad. Yeah. You go to this. Oh, that's right. We're in New Hampshire. We have a state liquor store. Um, You can go down the highway and buy it from the state. Jealous. (laughs) I did a marathon in Maine, and my mom came to watch, and I was in so much pain, and I was in the back seat all spread out, and she was like, all right, move over, because we went to New Hampshire, and she bought, like, (laughs) two grand worth of liquor that I sat, like, crunched in the back with. To get yep. back to, to Rhode Island. <laughs> yep. Wow. I'm it's jealous. like half of our tourist industry is coming up for the liquor store. Yep. Yeah, it's no tax, baby. You don't knock it because it works. That's, it that's all I'm saying. So one of the major details of this front gate, aside from, you know, Preston and his basketball trick and the <laughs> flamethrower, is the giant front gate that they've made, which is really just a bus with a bunch of metal bolted onto it. Mm-hmm. This bus is a Commer brand school bus. Uh, Commer was a British manufacturer of commercial vehicles from 1905 to 1979. So even when this movie was being made, this bus was more or less vintage. Wow. Commer made uh, car-derived vans, light vans, medium to heavy commercial trucks, military vehicles, and buses. The company designed and built its own diesel engines for its heavy commercial vehicles. That's cool as hell. Do you think they specifically chose this, or they just found it in a scrapyard and like, oh, perfect. (laughs) I'm willing to bet either they found it in a scrapyard or it was really cheap at an auction somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had to make a lot of vehicles for this movie. So cool. So Gyro Captain continues to exposit about this compound that they're looking at. He says, <laughs> they've got the lot. Power, lights, you name it. And it's like, okay, you name it. Um, anything besides power and lights? No. <laughs> so just those things? Okay, and cool, thanks. plumbing? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says, you can bet your life they mean to keep it. 
And it's like, well, of course. Like, who would just let that go? Right. Well, it kind of puts you into the the mindset again of this post-apocalyptic lifestyle. Those are two things that a lot of people do not have that is very useful. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you, it sounds odd to think of power and lights as a luxury. And then you're sitting at home and there's a thunderstorm and then the power goes out for a few hours and you're like, what am I going to do without Wi-Fi? Right? You know? You're like, oh, I'll go on my phone. You're like, no, oh no, that's the internet too. Oh no, my battery's dying. Oh, what do I do? Yeah, yeah I think that the internet going out is even more jarring than the power going out nowadays. You're like, oh, the internet's, <laughs> okay, I'll just, I'll just watch something on Netflix. No, no, I'll just uh, browse Play Reddit for a little. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Oh no, Crystal! Oh, oh no. no, John! Oh no! Oh no! It makes me think of when we go camping. By mm-hmm. the time we've been there for three days, I'm so tired of the dark. I just don't oh. want to be in the dark anymore. Oh. Uh-huh. I want to be in a house with all of the lights on. There is a scene later in this movie that is so un uh, what's the what's the word I want to use? It is so unreasonably dark that you can like barely see what's happening. I don't remember exactly what minute it is it's when max sneaks out of the compound with a bunch of Mm -hmm. fuel and he's sneaking through the enemy camp but it is like pitch black yeah i always think he falls into a hole and then i'm like no he doesn't fall into a hole it's just very dark out no he trips into a ditch (laughs) 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 because he can't see like two feet in front of him and he falls right down flat like there is nothing worse like julia said with going camping you get up in the middle of the night you're like man i gotta answer the call in nature and then it's pitch black and you're like i don't know where to go (laughs) yeah and you can't you try to open your eyes wider and that does nothing Mm mm-hmm or you got like your flashlight and so you're shooting like a really narrow beam down this woody path and you're like, I'm going to get lost and poop myself in the woods. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> when, when you guys go camping, do you always have to go to like a campsite where it has like lit running water bathrooms next to it? Or do you guys like, oh, we're bringing the snake trap and we're sitting on that? <laughs> Uh, kind of in between. We like going to state parks. Nice. Where there is like a bathhouse, but it's not close. Okay, good. I like that. Like we try and strike a good balance between easy access to the bathroom, but like not so close that you're hearing everybody go pee in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. Sure. And between the water spigot. Right. I want to go camping. We love camping. Yeah. That was for John, (laughs) for him to take me. (laughs) We go go camping every Labor Day and Columbus Day, and I mean, I'm not sure how many sites are available for for Labor Day, but if you guys want to come up to New Hampshire and go camping with us on Columbus Day weekend, it gets a little cold. But that just means we build the fire bigger. Exactly. We love cold. I love cold. I love being cold. (laughs) And I hate summer. (laughs) New Hampshire is only about a four-hour drive from New York. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I know, but we don't have a car. We ride pup. We ride dogs. (laughs) Yeah, can our can our dog horses come? (laughs) Our pack dogs. Pack dogs. (laughs) I'm afraid public transit doesn't exactly go into quote unquote the woods. Right. <laughs> it doesn't. It's awful. I want it to. Yeah, we have, uh, my family has a cabin in Freiburg, Maine, mm-hmm. and off Lake Ossipee in New Hampshire. Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah, we go up to White Lake, which is in that general direction, although I don't think it's, like, close. No. It's right down the road from the Yankee Smokehouse. Oh, okay. Not that you guys know nope. specifically where that is, or anyone for that matter. It's just, it's barbecue, and it's how I mark my landmarks. <laughs> That's <laughs> how, food. it's, uh, food. barbecue is how I know where I'm close to John's house in Texas. <laughs> oh, man. The gyro captain has a good guess of how many people are currently in that compound. He says 
30 of them in there. Arrows, flamethrowers, guns. No place for man or reptile, I thought. Reptile? That It's an yeah. interesting distinction. No man, no place for man or reptile. Because obviously it's, it's a place for man because there's 30 people in there. Reptiles are pretty easy getting in and out of places, for sure. Seemed like an odd detail yeah. to throw in there. He's just but so unique. Like He's just such a special, specific dude. I feel a bit of a kindred with the gyro captain because I feel like he loves to hear himself talk. Oh, yeah. And I can identify with that. He'd have a podcast about anything. He would just talk about rocks the whole time. <laughs> and he is really good uh, with using his mouth. Yeah. I mean, he was the mouth of Sauron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, that didn't exactly end up that great for him. Right. Kind of lost his head in the end there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, who hasn't in that situation? Right. I know I would if I ever met Viggo Mortensen. I'd be like, oh! Here, take it. Cut it yourself. Whoop. Pop right off. The major detail that stood out to me in that statement that he made, though, is that arrows, I believe, flamethrowers, obvious, guns? Huh. I don't think so. Guns don't have anything to do with gasoline, do they? Like, I don't think we ever see a single gun inside that compound. No. It's something I'm going to have to, like, pay attention to. But, I mean, I think the only instance of guns even being remotely talked about inside the compound is related to, I think it's Big Rebecca gives Max some shotgun shells. But we haven't met her yet, because that's later! Spoilers! Spoilers! So, Max goes back to looking through his binoculars. As the gyro captain says, Then this trash arrived, as moths to a flame, round and round, attack, attack, like angry ants, mad with the smell of gasoline. And as Max is looking through his binoculars, we catch first sight of the uh, custom-made, silvery-looking vehicle known as the Lone wolf and funny thing about this silvery car thing that's driving by it actually has two engines in it the first one actually drives the car and the the second one is just for show because why not because why not (laughs) yeah right it's also not actually ever called the lone wolf in the movie so uh, it's it's the it's the car that papagallo drives later in the movie so it's very distinct looking is all i'm gonna say yeah but it's also where we get our first uh glimpse of the lord humongous yeah. Sitting on his, like, truck, speaking into his little uh, podcasting microphone. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to confirm the pronunciation of humongous. That's correct, right? Yeah. It's, it's not humongous. Okay, because I have heard people call him humongous, and... That's, that's no, an that's adjective, wrong. not a name. Right. Exactly. Like, come on, people. Get on, get on board. It was that video that you showed me. They were talking about the Mad Max episode of Rick and Morty. Oh, I love that show. Yes. Oh, Crystal hasn't seen that one yet, so don't tell... Uh, yeah, it's the newest one, Crystal. <laughs> you know, I have to watch we it We have to still. watch it still. Uh, <laughs> uh, fun fact, I have an outfit just like this. The one that uh, Lord Humongous is wearing. <laughs> really? Can it really be called an outfit? He has some straps of fabric, just like uh, he Yeah. Has. I mean, isn't it like a pile of belts? Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of belts. <laughs> he likes to wear them all at once. <laughs> One thing that I really like about the Lord Humongous's car is that, you know, he's got the built-in microphone. He's got the, the two speakers up on the uh, the bar behind him. But I do have a bit of a criticism about it because as someone who works with microphones day in, day out, you don't put your microphone in front of your speaker. No. Because that's how you get feedback. Super feedback, yeah. Like, do you want feedback? Because that's exactly how you're going to get And then no one's going to be afraid of you if all you've got is feedback. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you can't even (laughs) use technology. How are you supposed to follow him? That's so funny if if Max kind of happens upon them and he's on his mic trying to (laughs) proselytize with all of his like, you know, you will die, but it's like... He's like... And he's like, oh, it's happening. 
Why is this, Daniel? Why is this happening? Stop. Okay. You know what? I'm just gonna yell. I'm just gonna yell. Can everyone hear me? Okay. No, no we can't hear you in the back. Use well, the microphone. Move up. Come forward. We can't hear you. We're busy fighting. I said come. Use come the me- microphone. I can't. It's. <laughs> if he's smart, he'll he could weaponize the feedback. Because mm-hmm. people freak out when they hear feedback. Yeah. You know what would also yeah. make it a lot easier to hear the Lord Humongous if he didn't have his mouth covered by a metal mask. <laughs> yeah. Like if he had like a little door that opened and then like his <laughs> mouth was behind it. Yeah. In, in all in all fairness, he he's from Frodo. This is how he's from Frodo. I want it. I want. I picture yeah. what's happening is like a one of the little tiny doors that you see in medieval times when person peeks through and is like, "Who is it?" With like a little tiny <laughs> handle and he just opens it up and it like squeaks open and then squeaks shut and he can lock it if he wants. Yeah. I mean, he should really sound like, you know, the, the character that comes to mind is is somewhat related to the series. Uh, Tom Hardy as Bane yes. in the third Batman movie. And, you know, he should be like, you know, you merely adopted the gasoline. I was born in it, molded by it. You know, it's that type of thing. <laughs> Do we ever find out why he's wearing the mask? No. No. It's just, you know, a cool detail. Yeah. Everybody's got their personal style. But you see his head and his hair are weird, so you imagine his face has to be pretty jacked, too. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of looks like a, I don't want to say burn victim, more maybe more like someone who's undergone chemo. Or maybe yeah. he looks like, like... that's how sparse like, his hair looks. Maybe he looks like a big baby. Maybe he looks like a big baby, big puppy, baby nice head. cheeks and big blue yeah. eyes. As I, the actor who played him, we're, we're not going to talk about him until, I think, minute... 35 is where the toady introduces Lord Humongous. Uh-huh. I'm kind of kind of waiting to talk about him until he gets his proper introduction. introduction. But, you know, we can talk about him. We can keep talking about him here for just fine. But, you know, the actor who played him is like this big Swedish Adonis type dude. <laughs> so is he blonde? I think so. Does he have a mustache? Like his name is Kjell Njordsson or something like that. He has that. a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> One thing's for sure, he probably had some pretty weird tan lines by the time they were done filming. Yeah. (laughs) Just one more note about the helmet. I picture that if he took the helmet off, his head would be shaped like the helmet. (laughs) Like it's grown grown into the space available. It's kind of like a a shut-in becomes one with a couch if they sit on it long enough. Yeah. Got it. I just, speaking of weird tan lines, I imagine he takes off that helmet and there are like little tan circles because that helmet is full of circles where light has gone in and just tanned those tiny... Tiny little spots all over his face. So he's got like a polka dot. Polka dot face. (laughs) That's probably why he needs to wear the mask. To, you know, not be made fun of when he Gosh, he's just perpetuating the problem, though. Don't wear the mask and make sure you get normal tan lines. Yeah. How does he He needs to... He has a, he has a, what's that thing that makes, um, the, the vegetable spaghetti? Oh, the spiralizer? Oh, a spiralizer. Yeah, so he takes all of his food and he runs it through the spiralizer and then he just kind of feeds it through Slurping those little, through holes. little holes. <laughs> and then Lady and tramps it, you know, up through the, the hole. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> All I can think about now is how Australians say the word spiralizer. Now I found a nice spiralizer, didn't ya? <laughs> Looks like our boss can eat now because we've got a nice spiralizer. <laughs> Sorry, Australian people, for listening to this show. We have promised that we won't do Australian accents. I have but never that does, made. That does not like mean that. our guests can't. Oh man, yep. mine's flawless. 
Can you tell? I can't do it. I just oh, it, add vowels and it doesn't work out right. Between you, me, and literally everybody else listening, it was better than Alex Robinson's Australian accent. Oh, great. That was... Yeah, his was pretty bad. Oh, that was special. Great. That was... <laughs> that was capital S special. <laughs> so as we're sitting here watching the Lord Humongous addressing his horde and somehow not getting feedback at all. A couple of characters roll up that we recognize from an earlier minute, and it's Wes and the Golden Youth on a motorcycle. And Wes does not look pleased with the current situation. I feel like he's frustrated that they're not actually making progress. I feel like he wants to take a more aggressive approach. And I feel like we really lose out not being able to hear their dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Which is so interesting that you th- that that's what you think. Because I always assumed that he's talking about his interaction with uh, Max. <laughs> but he's reporting back. Yeah. And he's like, this guy who's so annoying, man. Like, he made him shot my leg with a thing because the guy shot him because he put on his... It was the worst. It was the worst. That's what I picture him saying. <laughs> Whatever he's saying, I just love how the Lord Humongous handles Wes because Wes does seem like a handful. You know, he's very high energy. And so I imagine it would take someone with a lot of patience to deal with him. And so the Lord Humongous, he's like motioning with his hand, like, calm down, use your words, tell me everything, you know, we'll get you a cup of tea and you can feel better about it. And Wes is just flying off the handle, flailing around and everything like that. He's the Golden Youth has nothing to say about it because Golden Youth is not actually an actor. But I think he's a mute. Yeah, that's why they like each he's... other so much. One talks too much, and the other one can't I, talk at all. I personally, he's actually a delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's he a was hired prisoner. off the street because the director saw him looking nice. What? So I, I, he's got the look. Let's cast him in our picture and put him in a shirt that doesn't have a front. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's talking about how he just got a job as Lord Commander of the Wall because of his new feather. <laughs> shoulders <laughs> his feather shoulders it, this is like a total aside but me and crystal play uh D, and we're playing a campaign called uh princes of the apocalypse and crystal the the whole group just encountered this society of people called the the feather gale knights who are all like wear feathery cloaks and stuff i was like oh my god it's a feather gale knight crystal yeah wowie <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you can you can edit that out. That's fine. <laughs> oh, of course not. I would never. <laughs> we need to know how uninteresting you can be. <laughs> no, I'm just jealous that you guys actually get to play because the group that I play with, we life got in the way, and you know people started you know moving and having kids and things like hey, that. We play with like, George, miss... George Hendricks in Denver. We oh, play online. We I'm play jelly. Roll twenty dot net, bro. Man. No idea. I'm so jelly. Yeah, you guys talk about doing it online sometimes, and it never materializes. Hey, those are private conversations. <laughs> oh, you're talking about playing the game online. Okay, sorry. You said I, I missed out on the context of mm-hmm. Ray's doing it. Wes, frustrated as always and full of energy, speeds away, and we're kind of la- left with Max and the gyro captain sitting up on their ridge, and Max kind of turns his focus in the binoculars back over to the compound, and he's kind of focusing on this giant tower in the middle of the complex with people perched up with it, and it's very obvious that he's looking for where they're storing all this fuel. And the gyro captain, helpful as always, says, in the tanker. <laughs> and so Max kind of focuses back down into the courtyard, and that's kind of where the minute ends. The uh, gyro captain's going to keep talking on Monday, but you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. 
I think it's a good time for us to uh, kind of talk about where we were at the beginning of the week and what we saw and what in the context of this entire week has happened in this movie. It's time for our end of week recap, which I do not have a theme song for and I'm not going to make it because I don't want to. Anyway. You don't have to. Exactly. I do enough already. (laughs) (laughs) So this week was really a turning point for the movie. The first two weeks, we had the opening chase. We had the opening credits. Max was reintroduced to us. And at the beginning of this week, we had Max rolling into a clearing, the, the dried creek bed. He found the gyrocopter and, of course, was jumped by the gyro captain. And we got to meet Bruce Spence for the first time. Lovely man that he is. He was almost methed out a little bit. I want to meet him. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, he was pretty squirrely. They... They made a, a point to like make a sh- take a shot of his feet of him like they're filled with sand. I'd be acting like that too. He's trying to get the sand to the front of his shoes so he can't feel it anymore. Yeah, thank you, Crystal, because that was my thought too. Oh. <laughs> what? I oh my gosh! If I have a pebble or something in my shoe and I don't have time to take my shoe off, <laughs> I kick my feet all the time. And if I was trying to like hold someone up and I had a weapon in my hand, I'd be way more spastic kicking my little toes. The, the shot right after him kicking his feet is him going. <laughs> He's got yeah. sand in his nose. He, had, he was he just sand in his nose. He had little pieces of paper yeah. that he stuffed up there, and so he was pulling them out. What was in the so. paper? <laughs> what was the paper maybe soaked with? Oh, man. No, he's so straight edge, guys. You don't even know. I mean, you, you, can't, be, you can't be tweaked out on crank or insert street slang here when you've got a flying machine to pilot. Oh, maybe he huffed all his gasoline, and that's how he's... Uh... Stranded. Yeah. I mean, unless you're um, Denzel Washington from that one plane movie where he, like, gets drunk and saves all the people on the plane. What? I mean, not ev- not everyone can be Denzel Washington. You know that Denzel snakes movie? Snakes on uh, a plane? Just snakes on a plane, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Sam that was L. Jackson. Know, Thank I you know. very much. Oh, Seven. You're talking about the movie Seven with Brad Pitt and Denzel Washington? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, Morgan Freeman? Got it, got it. No, 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 no. It's um, Gremlins 2. Oh, Gremlins 2. Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Got it. (laughs) The the movie was actually called Flight. Oh. Flight? They got lazy. They were like, oh. Are you sure? Yeah. Is that because the movie title Crash was already taken? (laughs) Probably. I don't know. I liked that. I'm like 90% sure it was Gremlins 2. 90%. Denzel Washington can do whatever he wants because he's Denzel freaking Washington. true. Oh my gosh, it's a recent movie. 2012. Look at that. So Max is able to keep his cool being held at the business end of a crossbow. And as the gyro captain keeps him hostage, we kind of get shown how the black on black is booby trapped and how the mechanism gets turned off. And I feel like it's more for our benefit. So that way, you know, we can have that kind of Chekhov's gun situation for later on in the movie. And then after Max shows us how the booby trap works, he manages to outmaneuver the gyro captain with a little help from dog. Gotta love dog. I love love dog dog too. Dog is best dog. No, I thought the dog was a, um, a blue healer, but it's actually an Australian cattle dog. It's a little bit different type of dog, but related to the blue healer. Julia, should we tell him that the blue healer and the Australian cattle dog are the same breed? Really? Are they? What? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) Well, yeah, tell him. Tell him that. Are they really? Tell him that right now. They're the same exact breed. Oh, 
Oh, I thought they were different. Nope. Oh. In fact, we got a very good recommendation for them from Brad from Lost World Minute. He said that they are excellent companion dogs, and if you have one in the back of your pickup truck, or if you're in Australia, your ute, that they will sit there in the bed of your utility vehicle, dutiful as can be, and if anyone gets too close to, like, your stuff, they'll, like, bark and be really snarly, but, like, to you, they'll be, like, your best friend ever. Yeah, they're so loyal. My dad had one, and no matter what, if you went to another room, he didn't particularly was an affectionate dog, but he would just follow you around and chill wherever you were. He mm-hmm. always wanted to be, like, next to you, you know? That sounds was... like the perfect dog. Yeah. yeah. Just to be there. Don't be too affectionate. I love. Everyone loves dogs that are super excited, but I get really overwhelmed if they're too licky. I don't like licking. <laughs> I don't like being licked a lot. Crystal's not big on licking. <laughs> Everyone's got their preference. It's just so sticky and stinky, and sometimes it stings. What? I think I'm allergic to dog spit. Yeah, that might be the issue. <laughs> Maybe. It starts to sting my hands after a little bit. Yeah, I think I think you might have an allergy. I'm not a doctor, though. With the proverbial shoe on the other foot, we can call it a sand-filled shoe if we want to, the gyro captain persuades Max to let him live in exchange for the location of thousands of gallons of fuel. What are you going to do with that much fuel? You can't keep that much. It's heavy. Yeah, one of the things we really talked about earlier this week and i'll admit that you guys are kind of an advantage considering we're pre-recording this so far ahead of time and there's no possible way for you guys to have heard what we talked about this week but Uh. we said having that much fuel is more of a liability than anything else it's like winning the lottery and constantly having to carry around 47 million dollars That's not convenient. (laughs) I don't understand people that win the lottery and then go on TV with with their big check and let their picture get taken. So like everyone in the world now knows that they're millionaires. You're like, hey, hi, I have all this money. Oh, yeah, look at my house. It, my house is so great. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, what's that address there? And <laughs> so dumb. He's like, what, if 190 we ever, smoking yeah. If we, yeah, if we ever, If we ever won the lottery, no one would ever see us ever again. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? Oh, like Everyone that. would see us. They wouldn't realize we won because our days would be the exact same. Well, we wouldn't go on TV then. We wouldn't do that. No. that. So, I guess you could always try and use alias. It's like, if you win the lottery, you could be like, you know, you hide behind the name of the podcast. Be like, the fifth element it are the people who won the thing and everyone's like oh man i should i should subscribe to that oh they have a patreon <laughs> yeah i'm not giving them money if they won the lottery no friggin way that might actually be a downside yeah right are they are because we're right. so super pops everyone would know exactly that it was us because everyone in the world listens to our podcast yeah i guess that would kind of backfire yeah don't take advice from me about what to do with money <laughs> I'll just say I'm someone else's. I'll be like, yeah, it's uh, the people that host Mad Max Minute. We won. Yay. <laughs> They're Go bother them in New Hampshire. <laughs> you, need like a, you need like some sort of rich sounding alias. Someone that just sounds like a millionaire. Read yeah. Thomas Harrington III. <laughs> That was the name of my first boyfriend, and it was very, like, very regal name. Bartholomew Kensington Kennedy Esquire. Last name Esquire. (laughs) He's not actually a lawyer. Not actually a lawyer. Last name is Esquire. Esquire. Why is everyone calling me for legal advice? (laughs) What would be really funny is if his last name was Esquire, but it was just spelled Squire, and he just pronounced it S-Squire. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
Or there was an S right in front of it. Yeah. An S period <laughs> squire. Yeah. You don't pronounce the S. You say the S. Esquire. Esquire. It says squire. Esquire. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that says squire. Esquire. We've we got it. We made it. We yeah, did it. that works. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take that one full circle oh, all yeah. the way back on top topic. <laughs> so. Max accepted the offer of information in exchange for not gutting this dude in the middle of the wilderness and took the gyro captain as his prisoner as they traveled across the wasteland and finally found the compound under siege by the Lord Humongous's horde. I think my favorite part of the little travely bit that we get between Max and the gyro captain meeting each other and them arriving at the compound is the fact that uh, Dog is holding the shotgun during the drive and that, yeah. uh, you know, this man's life is in the uh, the paws of a dog. Well, he's, he's holding it. like a bone, right? That's mm-hmm. attached with a string to the, uh, the trigger. <laughs> and there's yeah. such a good cut when the dog looks out the window and then they cut to a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Such a good post-production thing. And he's like... <laughs> Oh, okay. Please don't do it. Please don't jump on the car. I don't know what kind of dog the gyro pilot thinks that dog is that he would just jump out of a moving car like that. Like, it's just, there's, what kind of self-preservation is that? It's not. None at all. Man, maybe he thought he was just going to, like, bark, but with the bone still about, like, turn his head real fast or something. (laughs) I don't know. The gyro captain is a snake man more than a dog guy. You know. You got cat ladies, dog guys, snake dudes. And snake He's definitely a snake dude. Yeah. Something tells me that this isn't the first time he's traveled with someone like this, with the dog (laughs) holding the gun (laughs) to his face. He's like, oh my gosh, again? This is the third time I've been held up by a dog this month. We were just really glad to see Max chain someone to a vehicle and have them not, like, set up to cut their own foot off. Because that would have been grisly to see again. I don't want that. I don't want to ever see that. (laughs) Well, thankfully, we never have to see that because Max drives away. Then there's a massive explosion. Kaboom. Yeah. Mad Max 1 was fun at times and horrible at others and heartbreaking and, you know, feel sad about what happened. Yeah. Oh, boy. But there's some really fun bits, too. (laughs) I just... But then you remember Thunderdome came out of all this. And you're like, okay, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, it, it equals out. <laughs> the serious and the not serious. They they balance out over the life of the series, for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have talked about this uh, yet, but um, I'm not sure. Is the guy who plays Wes the same guy that has the cameo at the end of the Weird Science movie where all the bikers come into the party and it makes the boys like have to save the party? Is it the same guy? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's the same guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might also recognize Vernon Wells as the main bad guy from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando. Yes! Yep. Let off some steam, Bennett. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what our next uh, minute podcast is going to be, Crystal. Boom. Commando Minute. Commando Minute. Good Welcome to Commando know. Minute, because we're going commando for the next half hour. That's right. <laughs> but I want to do the Forrest Gump Lump. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Gump Lump. Gump Lump is going to be better, actually. There you go. We do it in uh, lumps of minutes. <laughs> there you Instead go. Of minute by minute. We discuss it go. in lumps. We haven't listened to the You Are Awaited podcast yet because they did Fury Road in five minute chunks. And I feel like if I listened to it, it would like taint me. Yeah. In that like I would end up regurgitating information that they said, but I would like forget to attribute it to them. And I don't want to be accused of being, you know, a content thief because yeah. I like to attribute what I say when I when I have attributions. Anytime you say something, you're like, I might have heard it on this podcast. <laughs> I'm actually looking for it. We're going to... We're 
going to try and have them on the podcast too. So great. They got to see the nice flashy one and we're talking about Road Warrior. So hopefully there'll be a meeting of the minds. That'd be fun. I love it. Nice. I say the thing I love about podcasting is you never get the same podcast twice. The conversations always changing, always flowing. Yeah, that's the best. Well, that's why I really want uh, Movies by Minutes that someone's already done. I want two more people to do it mm-hmm. or, or uh, one more group to do it just to see what it sounds like with different people doing it. Like maybe someone else do Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park or something like that, you know? I'd be very interested to hear it. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. That will be different a bit of a, a threshold for the Movies by Minutes community to cross the first time we get an overlap. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'll just take it'll take the right kind of people. Yeah, I don't know who that would be. Uh, I'm not going to step up and do it because we're going to be bogged down with with movies until like 2018, 2019. Oh yeah, so yeah, we got a way to go. We're safe. It's a commitment, and definitely is. It's a labor of love. It is, and we only release three times a week. Yeah, <laughs> it's a labor of love, which is the fifth element. It is. It's Top the fifth the- element. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> Full circle. John and Crystal, if people want to hear more of you, where should they go? Well, if you want to hear more of us, you can go to iTunes and you can search for The Fifth Element or you can search for Unlimited Lives Radio. Those are our podcasts. And if you want to see my thoughts, you can follow me on Twitter at the Crystal Beth, and uh, it's the Crystal Beth on Instagram as well. Yeah, and if you don't use iTunes or any of that stuff, you can just go to www.thefifthelement.com and listen to the show there as well. And you'll uh, hear John voice in an upcoming episode in October of a podcast called Mission to Zix. Hmm. This is a uh, sort of a Star Trek clone type of podcast that's going to be distributed on the Audio Boom Network. Uh, it's going to be similar to the Adventure Zone podcast where they have comedians come on and do D&D. This podcast, they have comedians come on and be different types of scientific uh, science fiction tropes. And it's a really good time. And it's all improvised. Yeah. Nice. That yeah, sounds really fun. Cool. Yeah, and uh, and uh, if you want to if you want to see all the crazy crap that I read on the internet, you can follow me on Twitter at John Robert Wilso. That's uh, Wilso with no N at the end of it. <laughs> The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy and presented by Warner Brothers Pictures in association with Village Roadshow Pictures. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. You can follow Mad Max Minute on Twitter at Mad Max Minute, on Facebook at Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone, and at MadMaxMinute.com. And finally, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, visit madmaxminute.com click on the support link at the top of the page and check out our patreon to help us keep the tanks full thank you for joining us for minute 15 of the road warrior we'll see you on monday